Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. This episode is about platform engineering, uh, which is quite buzzy and has a lot of hype at the moment. And we took the time to dig behind the hype, acknowledge uh, how the term is being used and misused, and really dug into why this is a topic of interest, how it's driving customer thinking around operations and development teams, how it's working to establish standard operating procedure around infrastructure and operations to support a business, and how those needs, those drives, that evolution of our technology, infrastructure, and uh, design thinking is really coming into a new era of work. Um, we get to that point towards the end, the whole conversation is fascinating and I know you will enjoy it. And the other other thing is, I would really, I've been waiting to have this one, or at least the platform, the, the platform, engineering, platform engineering one? Engineering. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm but, right on time. You know, this is my favorite topic. It is, well, it is a lot of people's you, favorite you topic. You definitely come to the right place because I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to I'm still. I am still trying to sort out the terminology here. Um, oh, I have. I have a blog post I'm in the middle of that. That I have the angry version and I have the collaborative version of it. And so, um, <laughs> do you want to? You want to start us off with a question, Rich or Keith? Do you want to? Do you want to jump in with a thought? Or I can frame it up well, to y'all. I well, you can frame it, but. If I could come away from this conversation with a huh? good dis, good way of distinguishing what people mean uh -huh. by platform engineering as opposed to uh, SRE, as opposed to even DevOps, and where they clearly are, clearly are kind of set <laughs> apart from one another, yeah. you would be doing me a great favor. So uh, that's uh, where the, this is where the rant the rant part of that post comes in. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, Rob, do you want me to kind of give kind of my view of of where platform engineering fits into would, kind of SRE and DevOps, or do you want to frame it? My, my views are pretty fixed, so I have no. You, I would love to hear yours, and then um, you're you're not going to over index me uh, by by sharing. All right. So DevOps is a practice. I think we I think that's well established. There's tools and processes to be able to uh, treat uh, infrastructure as code, uh, develop pipelines for uh, application development. These practices around bringing developer centric abstractions to operations, DevOps. So the practice of uh, of develop of bringing development to operations and improving and thus improving operations with with development sre is a form of devops so uh, a site reliability engineer takes these google based principles so if we think about sre uh, from the purest Google sense of being site reliability and you're making sure that you know enough about the application, enough about the infrastructure, enough about your policies and procedures and customer needs and SLA to apply that 
those DevOps practices to keeping a site up. Platform engineering is, I think, relatively new. I think the best way to, to talk about this in the context of uh, the guy, Brian, uh, what is Brian's last name? While I'm looking that up, he is the uh, person responsible for uh, Rob's favorite topic, which is uh, Kubernetes at the edge at at uh chick oh the kubernetes the, the chick yeah, he is thing. he yeah. is the person responsible for it and what's interesting rob is that he'll be at edge field day uh <gasps> he'll be oh. at the first edge field day he's at in the tech field day forum talking about uh, slack and i've gone back and forth with him uh yeah. what's interesting with their project when i didn't realize this because i kind of you know i kind of poo-pooed it at, at first because Kubernetes at the edge, you know that. Okay, we we we've all had feelings about Kubernetes at the edge, but interesting enough, Brian runs the enterprise architecture group at uh, Chick Fil A, and the project was born out of his group. Yeah. So if you think about kind of what it takes to run a platform, enterprise architecture is probably the worst group to have managing a uh, <laughs> platform at the edge because they're not an operations group. So uh, for me, thing. platform okay. engineering is operationalizing these SRE DevOps type of capabilities at scale. If you think about how we first approached DevOps, we were approaching it from specific individual applications. And even SRE is specific individual applications. You don't have an SRE maintaining all 100 apps within an enterprise IT group. They focus on one, two, maybe three applications and they're specialized for that. When you think about where we're going with these cloud architectures and the need to do it at scale within an enterprise, you can't have a bunch of snowflakes within an enterprise IT. You have to have a platform. So platform engineering is the group responsible for taking these DevOps uh, motions, these SRE type things and operationalizing it at scale given with a given platform. Now that platform may be within the enterprise, there may be multiple platforms, uh, but in, yeah. in general, platform engineering for me is the quick, team that operationalizes DevOps, SRE, et cetera, at scale. Quick question. <clears throat> quick question, Keith. When you talk about operationalizing it, are we talking about platform engineering or let's call them platform engineers are truly focused on operations or are they focused as much if not more on the whole development life cycle bringing that to to bear because i think that's where it gets a little gray because <laughs> yes, uh, and because they can be focused on the development life cycle and even the developer experience but and i think this is where my bias comes in because i'm i have an operations and ea background so i care more about that than i do uh the developer pipeline etc uh and 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 to be fair, that bleeds in a little bit. So I think, Rob, I don't know if it was me and you that had this conversation, but the idea has been that the develop, each development group can bring their pipeline to the platform. So we're not 
the ideal is not to be rigid about what plat- what what pipelines are used. The ideal is to have a uh, a platform that can be amenable to different types of pipelines. You 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 that is that that sounds like my dogma. Yes, um, I think that I think that is your dogma. I've adopted your dogma on that. Hey, At I, first, I, I used to think I, that uh, I, I think I think it was that. our conversation that 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 uh, transformed because I was firm in the camp that the platform engineering group should also be in charge of pipeline. Ah, so so if if you if you'll yield the floor, um, uh, there's the thing. And Joanne, you came off mute. Did you want to go first? No, I. Okay. You go first, okay. please. So uh, we we are one of the challenges with platform engineering is that it is without a doubt emerging as a uh, term that people want to define for vendored reasons. So so which which adds a muddle to it, um, Keith. I, I really like what you're describing um, because I I think that this and people have been describing it. And I'm not that much of a fan of the term. Um, they're taking platform engineering and having a front end and a back end discussion. And what you're describing, um, what I'm seeing, the trend line I'm seeing in market would consider back platform engineering back end, which is all of the operations consolidation, um, you know, having shared infrastructure, shared infrastructure management, and having having a team that's able to help consolidate the control of infrastructure across different types of infrastructures, right? Um, and I would love that to be what platform engineering is. It's not the way the market is discussing platform engineering, and it or the way I'm seeing it discussed at the moment, or the way I'm I'm watching the I'm reading the rants that get posted on online about. Um, and this is where the confusion comes in. What what I'm seeing from a platform engineering perspective, plus, do you want to do you want to say it or you can you hold? Oh, it? I, I I just want to add my hot take later, but uh, I, all right, I'll I'll hold it. I'll I wanted to put myself in the queue. Cool. Um, what what I'm what I'm seeing we're doing right now is we're talking about platform engineering as a dev empowerment met, um thing that the dev engineering that the platform engineering that companies are surfacing. Um, and this includes like what Spotify did with Backstage, but it's you know, um, built cell service portals and then calling that platform engineering, which to what Keith was describing, that's the front end of how things come in. And, and for my dogma, companies are going to have a lot of different of those front ends, but one, they want one back end, one individual back end. So platform engineering confusingly is getting split into giving self-service, uh, enabling self-service, and then not talking about the back-end work that actually has to be done to enable that work, right? And Rich, to the DevOps and SRE points that, that Keith was making, a lot of times companies' DevOps and SRE efforts end up in app dev silos. And so what happens is, is that in the name of platform engineering or the name of DevOps or SRE, you say, app, app team, you go do all of the infrastructure work. You go do your ops work. You do the SRE work. You're responsible for that whole silo. And then they end up with pockets of infrastructure management across the board. Um, 
And, and one of my frustrations is the platform engineering team conversations right now are not discussing the cons- ops consolidation that actually should happen. And so what they're what they're really trying to do is they're trying to say it's too expensive to have all these DevOps things embedded in the teams. I'm just going to take a knife, cut the bottom of that box off and split it into two boxes and give you a portal and move the dev the dev the, the DevOps and ops work out of your silo. But they're not actually talking about how you rationalize that work into a into a shared infrastructure. I see you you scratching your head a little bit, but it's weird. DevOps should, to me, be moving into the centralized infrastructure, shared collaborative space. But it a lot of these the way the platform engineering work is doing is it's it's just mapping onto the silos that we already have. Um, in the name of developers having a click button and then separating the team out, um, which I think is really dangerous. So there's there's people talking about DevOps being dead. I won't name the companies that are promoting that. <laughs> With the idea that devs don't want to do ops, I get it. The, my ranty post basically says it. You know, just because devs don't want to do ops doesn't mean the ops went away. It actually means that you need tighter collaboration and coordination between the dev and the ops people through a clean API. You know, portals, yay, portal. But if you if you think you're just going to hide all that stuff under a under a simple UX, it's not. You're you're not. You're, we're we're missing that. We're missing the valuable conversation that DevOps started. Um, and so I, I think platform is, engineering should have all those things in it, but the conversation sort of like started in that trajectory and then it got bent towards um, these dev self-service portals. It's very reminiscent of the the conversations and then the kind of evaporation of the whole use of the PaaS con- concept. You know, the platform is a service. You, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of hand waving, a lot of smoke blown on on that topic. So, I think you're, you're what you've just laid out is is quite helpful. Thank you, thank you both. All right, Klaus. All right. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience from the trenches, since uh, as essentially my career has been highlighted by a lot of DevOps style work. And uh, my particular passion is in, um, again, like catering to internal clients, aka the the dev teams. Um, What I see, so I'm gonna address the first, the the, the last statement uh, that that Rob said about uh, devs not wanting to do ops. I I disagree with that. Devs want to do ops. But devs don't want to be constrained by the same rules that ops is constrained by. So that's a good distinction. Devs want to have the freedom to do their own ops. But but they did again, they they don't want to have to worry about security hardening rules and and whatnot. So this is where platform engineering comes in place. Instead of having the devs do all of the ops. You give the devs essentially a fast food menu. They they still have their choice, or at least to some degree their illusion of choice, depending on how far you want to take this. They they still have their agency in picking 
what infrastructure they want to run and onto what scale. But what platform engineering gives them is the prepackaged suite that eliminates a lot of the choice confusion. When you have too much choice, you, you, you essentially you're standing staring at the at the wall and like I don't know what to order. So platform engineering simplifies that. Uh, at least that's the way how I'm approaching it. It's certainly not the the way how the vendors are fluffing it. Like they, they of course want to to monetize this. So uh, there is going to be a conflict of interest there. Um, but uh, ultimately, I see platform engineering as the task that DevOps has evolved into. When a company hires a DevOps engineer, they want a platform engineer. They want someone to simplify the choices for their developers. Do you think um, that actually... The Go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. The, que the question, you're, you're, you're all getting, you know, making this a great deal more clear. Can you peel the onion one layer here and be a little more explicit about what aspects need to go into the back end, not offered as um, overly complex choices, switches to flip, parameters to supply. Um, and that would that would help me. It depends on a company-by-company company basis. A lot of what I do is recurrent specification. I talk to the dev teams, which they, they may have cross-pollination, they may not, but they, they, sometimes a new team, a Greenfield team gets built. Sometimes uh, two other teams get split and, and, and built into new teams. Each team is going to have different requirements. So a platform engineer listens to the developers, finds the common thread, and provides that as a platform. So, so and this is what it makes it difficult to establish this, this beforehand, because the requirements depend on the features that developers need. They require they depend on the regulatory compliance that the that the company needs to meet. Uh, that they depend on the budget that you need to meet. Um, so all of this put together ends up being platform engineering. This is also why I call the dev teams my customers. It's because I'm building a product for them. That customer is actually, well, we should have said that word a lot earlier. And a practical, Thanks. I don't know, Joanne, if you had a, a comment relative to what Claus was talking about, but I wanted to follow that up with, a, with you know, kind of a, another concrete example. And well, that Mike, is, go ahead, Joanne. Finish your thought, Keith. Sorry. Uh, the concrete example of that is uh, event brokering or uh uh event routing message routing so you know i can i can as a platform engineer platform group i can have the big vision 
that there is no need to have Kafka, uh, event broker from AWS, Tipco, et cetera, that I can provide a single event broker for all of my developer project needs. And therefore, I can have, you know, let's say it's PubSub. I can have PubSub for every type of application that can be built. A problem with that is that not every developer wants the PubSub model. One developer may want PubSub, another one may want MessageQue, and I and and I may not be able to service all of those in one. But as a platform engineering group, I can decide if we're going to provide MessageQueing as a service universally throughout my developer landscape. That way, developers don't have to worry about you know, scaling it, manage clusters, et cetera. We are providing that as a service. That service may be, again, ultimately abstracted and provided by AWS or someone else. But when there's a centralized service that connects one group of, with another, so I want my SAP events to hit a pups up uh event broker so that the new uh fangled uh web facing application can be built off of off of these events i as the platform engineering group is the broker in the centralized repository or resource i'm sorry to to provide that service that's the idea in practice you know claus will tell you it's not always that clean in practice i would say that 30 years in, it never happens, um, particularly in manufacturing environments, which is my domain discipline, you, you can't get from here to there. Um, irrespective of that, though, my comments were more around the original question, which is platform engineering, which I see as something that will have a very short lifespan as a construct. And that construct itself comes from a place of two points of view. From the developer side, I understand the need for flexibility and choice because their master coming down from the top and I take the top, top down view is I'm a CEO. I've got lots of issues to talk about. That was last week's discussion. I now I'm a CIO, which I was in a previous life and understand that I need to support the business as quickly as possible. I don't want to restrict my app devs choices necessarily because I want the best possible product at the lowest possible price to support the business. But I also have a need to rationalize my estate, my infrastructure estate. And in doing so, this notion of this one big construct called platform engineering doesn't meet the need of my cloud. It doesn't meet the need of my on-prem and my, my hybrid environment, which will now also include edge and decentralized computing. Mm -hmm. So you can't get from here to there with that construct. And I think it'll be very short-lived. The idea of what's what was previously considered IaaS, I think only needs one level higher up because the stacks that are being created must be scalable, they must be portable, and they must uh, take into account all the, the complexity 
of the various hybrids that are coming out, whether it's multi-cloud, single cloud, edge, on-prem, that's a whole variety in and of itself. That's one part of the choices that need to be made from the infrastructure perspective. To the app step side, though, the SREs and all the things that are being operationalized from a silo, to me, serve no purpose. And I'm worried that, to Rob's point earlier, you're going to get into a situation of platform engineering just being an umbrella over 10 different silos. So where Dev is taking on some of the responsibility of infrastructure. Infrastructure is staying in its own little bucket saying, I'm going horizontally, you're going vertically, and eventually the two lines are going to intersect somewhere. And that's what I see that intersection being as platform engineering. So I think that there's a different way of accomplishing the same goal without the muddying the waters that everybody is getting into over the construct. And Rob, I completely agree with you. It has gotten bent, you know, into, oh, I'm going to give you a dev portal or, oh, I'm going to give you, you know, a full stack engineer that's going to be able to do every one of those stacks that I've just described. There and, is no you know, full stack it doesn't engineer work. anymore. It it's it's the one of the worst one of the most uh unfortunate mythologies that we added into our lexicon I agree. Of and, and course. yeah it, it it's it's worth noting Joanne, some of what you're describing and a lot of what this the the, the term platform engineering is actually based out of is this book called team topologies yeah which which I I is I'm going to end up, I think, being regarded as a seminal work, but like a lot of seminal works, I think potentially destructive because what you're describing is this vertical team doing the vertical thing and horizontal teams doing the horizontal thing um, is what they describe and what they advocate. Um, but it it does allow, you know, it, it sort of gives people permission to put blinders on to, to how these things work and collaborate. And that's what getting lost with the, the 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 way I'm hearing platform team being discussed, which is different now. Klaus was describing it, where he was building a service with customers and collaborating with them to take work off their plate. That I think is exactly what I'd love to see happening. It it should be that way, but it's not. And you know, to use Keith's example with SAP, you can't go into an OT environment and get any sort of buy-in with the IT environment. And that's unfortunately where the disconnect and the infighting comes to bear. And I see it not only with OT and IT, I see it even within the IT realm. You've got dev, you've got ops, you've got a bunch of engineers running around claiming I'm a full stack engineer and I can code in X, Y, Z and Q, which I clearly despise. But irrespective of that, those yeah. you you have to define you have to do the cut for infrastructure in a way maybe one degree higher or two degrees. I often think about it in terms of the OSI stack and say, why not just put a management level in? You know, below four and above five. That is is mm -hmm. where things are going. I can tell you in the industrial side the manufacturing operations management is a group that's it's a construct that's been around for 20 years it's finally seeing the light of day 
because it too, like platform engineering, has to establish the same sort of guidelines and boundaries. And to that point, I asked the same question that Rich did. Where is that? Where do you take the knife? Where do you make the slice to make it more intuitive, I guess is the best word, for infrastructure and dev to part ways? How would it's not in a portal? How would any of you characterize the means by which you evaluate an effort in platform platform engineering and say, that's a successful one, that's not? What, what, What constitutes a successful platform engineering program, if you want to call it that? So... A couple of follow-ons in the answer to that, I think, hopefully an example of that question. One, I I don't agree that platform engineering is a short-term construct because the platform group has been around for 30-plus years. The Mm -hmm. There's always been this desire to take these application-facing services and centralize them to reduce overall effort and friction because individual siloed applications do not scale in the enterprise. What my new enterprise scale thing is, is no longer does the application or the service scale from a performance and capacity perspective, but does it integrate into enterprise IT operations. I can't take hundreds or thousands of Snowflake operation, uh, IT uh, IT solutions or IT or applications and throw that over to the wall to IT. I can't have hundreds or thousands of individual siloed SRE groups. That model does not scale. As applications lose their growth value we are going to see more consolidation around delivering these newer, and I think, Joanne, where you're hinting to, these newer high-level IS features that are now becoming infrastructure, things that we traditionally consider either platform or developer-centric services, and this is where the bleeding becomes. Those things have to be provided via infrastructure because that's the only way to scale it. I haven't seen a different way, a different model that works that says we can now scale 100 different application architectures into one group as we have in traditional IT. So how do we measure the success of that? Similar ways in which we measure the success in, in general. How many uh, tickets are going back to, de- to developers to fix things? Uh, how many, uh, What? Uh, what's the uptime? And I think we're going to have to uh, uh, determine what uptime for applications become. Not necessarily uh, how available the application is, but uh, what are the high resource touches needed to um, operate the application? How many times do I have to assign an SRE to fix something versus automation or the platform or uh, the support being built into the platform for repair? Those are now going to become the new standards of yeah. measure. Well, it, 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 sounds like, it's a, it sounds like a discussion of hospital readmissions. Is what it, I mean, is what it comes down to. <laughs> well, but but there's another there's another thing which is we've there's there's an element of pendulum swing which is let teams take care of themselves so that they can control those metrics. To wait a second, I'm hiring 
write a hundred Terraform engineers and they're all like, I can't find them. And they're all like, and, and none of them are willing to, you know, make sure that my image conforms and that I'm following the governance and my cost control. Like, like we're like from a uh, infrastructure perspective right now, you look at the, in, the infrastructure land, landscape at most companies and it's incredibly fragmented because they're all doing their own thing. And the, the 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 challenge from a CIO perspective is like, okay, wait a second. How do I actually help all these teams do infrastructure better when I actually have to conform to what they've all the decisions they've made? Um, well, not just conform to their decisions, but there may be some higher level constraints or or requirements that security they that have to be have to be imposed on the infrastructure you know they those conform those compliance audits are not just you know for fun and check and checking boxes they, at least they should not be and in those cases that's where you you know you actually kind of impose some and, something and this... across the entire infrastructure and don't give kind of freedom of choice to uh, to uh, the to the applications and here's the, to me that sounds this is, like what you're talking about it, but that just doesn't work so it so so somebody coming back in and saying you have to conform to the way I want to do it is broken from we've we've broken that model um and so and this is to me where where my dogma comes in of many different front ends but consolidating the back ends right, right. What, what you want to do in that case is not disrupt the app dev teams. What you want to do is remove or it really has to be improve their infrastructure controls and provide help for them and support for them without with with minimal disruption to what their with what their process is. Right. So Klaus's point about yeah. your Klaus's point about thinking of the these teams as his customers. It's not just that, but it's also giving them a little bit. This is where a lot of the platform engineering stuff is very catalog, catalog, catalog focused because they're trying to restrict choice. I don't actually think it's, I mean, I think that's important because developers, you know, don't know what to choose. So it's important, you know, or don't know what the company wants them to choose. Let me say it that way. It, it's also not not necessary. So what, what I described but my description focused on on new project primarily, but there's also the aspect of existing projects that you need to bring up to compliance. And uh, it is the the duty of the the platform engineer to to help guide the developers on that. Like you, there needs to be a grandfathering plan there. You cannot just tell your the dev team to say this is how the platform is now. You need to comply, or or you you're SOL. No, the, the platform engineer says, okay, this is what you're currently doing. This is what you should be doing. Here's the transition plan. If you don't do that, you're not doing platform. Right. You're not doing platform engineering the way I think it should be done. Let me make it clear that, that this is my my opinion. Uh, <laughs> going back to what Joanne said uh, or, or, or about her fear about platform engineering the term being corrupted, yes, it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, what, what I'm what I'm explaining here is my view of what platform engineering should be, not necessarily what it will be, because we we well know that that's gonna end up being co-opted by 
hiring teams and, and HR and CIOs. Similar to SRE, like the, the number yeah. of people with the SRE title is not, they're not doing SRE responsibility. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, the is state and the should state are always going to be different, but irrespective, I think one of the things that, you know, I'm trying to paint a picture of is in many cases, and, and and it's not just because of my background. I mean, think about the environment of a factory where you have machinery, you have networking to the point of platform. You now have a situation in, in most larger organizations, particularly global ones, where even different factories have different sets of problems and the platform engineer, the one platform is not going to suit the operations, no pun intended, of each individual plant in a global capability. I don't care how big the organization is, if it was bought through an acquisition or if it was set up to be uh, for a particular use, they're never going to be the same. And that's my beef with the notion of A, the word platform and B, the word engineering, because Devs engineer just as much as infrastructure people engineer. And, and that that's is why, why, it's, it's, why one of the, the very first things that, that, that brought up when, when I explained my description of uh, my view of platform engineering is requirement specification. Like right. if, if your platform does not meet the requirements of your users or, or your clients, then you're not doing platform engineering well. So there, but here's plus, the question. Does platform, does platform engineering equal one platform. No. The, the, because so I, I think this is my pushback for you, Joanne. I think I agree with you that I can't build, I can't build a platform that's going to support SAP and a new web-facing application. That is a broken model. That's not going to work. I am going to have multiple platforms. I'm going to have a platform that's just traditional S, that's just traditional IaaS, VMware vSphere that SAP runs on. I'm going to have a platform that's maybe OpenShift based. I'm going to have a platform mm -hmm. that's all public cloud. Platform engineering for me is taking those requirements that Claus is talking about and having in the catalog that uh that Rob, I'm suggesting is not necessarily pick between these services. It's I'm flexible enough that you can bring your application architecture and processes here, but from a IT governance perspective, the platform engineering team owns those consistent platforms. So I don't have a hundred mm -hmm. Terraform engineers. Well, I'm, I'm not talking that, about platforms in, this, in the sense of, uh, an application platform, I'm talking about platforms like an IIoT platform, which is mm -hmm. the communications backbone for the industrial internet of things and connects everything across an organization from my earliest CAE stuff at, at design or ideation, all the way through my recycle at the end of the line when the consumer goes and dumps it into a recycle bin for recycling. That's the connectivity layer that IIoT backbone is not just uh, mm. communications. It's all the infrastructure, all the protocols, all the MQTT, uh, any other kind of broker, hub and spoke, hub and smoke, whatever is in between. <laughs> um, 
and all the apps that have to run on those pieces of equipment that then feed back into things like, gee, I don't know, my PLM, my MES system, my ERP system, my customer, my Salesforce applications. It's universal. And what's being conveyed is too much of, well, where do I put my, you know, software defined network? Is that part of my platform? Of course, it has to be. Where do this I is, start making this? Is, this is, but what you're defining to me is where the word platform, and I've, I've heard this bemoaned, is, is a little bit of an unfortunate. It is. Thing. It's a misnomer. It, well, it, it's a platform. And uh, I think it was Stephen O'Grady from Red Monk was talking about there being multiple plat, like layers of platforms. Yeah. Like, like, yes, it's a platform stack. Um, and what we end up talking about with the dev portals is like the very, very tip of that stack. And there's a whole bunch of great stuff that's going on behind it. Um, and which is where I think our conversation keeps to operational excellence mm-hmm. um, involves integrating a system treating all of those pieces like a system and then and and then having a um you know a consistent way to engage with that system and a team that can help you help you do that um, so far in, in industry we've had a really hard time treating that treating all of these application stacks in a systemic way and i i had hoped when we started talking about platform engineering that it would finally be like what you just described which is I've got all of these components in my infrastructure. They're not going away. I can't just hide them behind a single, you know, well, maybe I can, but you know, they're, they're, they're all important. They're all necessary. Um, would it I want to, I want to govern them together. Sorry. Would it be perhaps uh, better if we use the term ecosystem design instead of platform engineering? Yes. Because that would also imply that you're sharing information across to trading partners. And oh. that's the way the world operates. And you're doing this uh, by your description just a minute ago, Joanne. You're doing this from start to finish. This is a this has a life cycle point of view. It does it's holistic. Because, yes, it is holistic. It is a life cycle point of view, but it also allows you to govern more effectively because it's uniform applied. It also allows you to um, um, sort of operationalize the notion that data needs to flow not only across all these different applications, and really that's the name of the game, it's where the data flows and how it's being used and how it's being shared. And that construct then leads you down the road to efficiencies and efficiencies of scale. And Keith, you made the point about data not being used. I can tell you that between 19 and 37% of data that's collected today is actually used depending on the industry. And that is a far cry from... There's there's a piece there's a piece in here that I think is really important for organizations to me that is core DevOps philosophy, which is you have to not be self-centered in how in what your job is to work with another platform or another team like this. So part of the ecosystem design that I think falls is falling down at the moment is that we haven't had the pressure in organizations to say, you know what, you might, you know, 
you might not want, I might not give you free reign to pick your own infrastructure. I need you to collaborate with another team to follow their process. Another team, get off your butt and give them a good process and and help them when they're having issues with that process. Right. There's a there's a degree of collaboration that we're what we're describing requires that we've gotten, in my mind, a little bit lazy about. And we're trying to to avoid the hard work of. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. I think that's the key point is I, I don't care if you call it platform engineering, ecosystem engineering, super cloud, irrelevant. The marketing and HR and we can come up with the perfect label of what we're describing today is going to be co-opted. It's just the it's just the fact of the industry. We can't create a perfect label for the thing. I think we all vehemently agree upon. We I think the we can be held up on the label, whether we call it platform engineering, ecos, uh, ecosystem engineering, super cloud, distributed cloud, abstracted cloud, meta cloud really doesn't matter. It's this hard work that, Rob, you're getting to that has to be done regardless of whatever we call it. And what I'm seeing is people striving to create that group. If today I can sell it as platform group, fine. I'll sell it as platform group. Tomorrow I need to sell it as ecosystem group, also fine. But I think the essence is to get to what the, the end point, which, which is to create a consistent underlay, for lack of a better term, that serves the developer community, but enables me as a IT uh, team to mitigate risk, to make sure I'm in compliance with security and cost structure. All the things we're really good at, we just need those tools to do that. If I if I asked each of you to name a company or a group in a company that you believe has done a really notable job accomplishing what you've just described. Mm. Who would you who would you point to? If we're to believe Walmart, Walmart, uh, that that we I haven't seen any detail around the any of the nuance we're talking about, but they're advertising what they've done is this. Okay. Rob? It's a big investment. Um Netflix has been doing a real, it's why they built Spinnaker to enable that type of, of integration. So they're right. Um, and, and I've had enough interactions with, with some of their teams to tell you that, that they're pretty good at this. They're very good at this. Um, Big automotive. I'm sorry, say again. Big automotive. Oh. It is. Yeah. Supply chain. Plus. Um, well, I mean, I, I would be remiss not to toot my own horn on this since uh, <laughs> uh, this is my bread and butter. But um, in terms of naming companies, I I, I think I, I would agree with Joanne with Big Olamalif, but with a particular twist in that I see this as being a software renaissance of the mm. uh, early 20th century revolution, uh, uh, industrial revolution 
in terms of reusable parts, um, assembly lines, and so on. Enter the word composability. Composability and reuse are we we haven't talked about Key. it much, Klaus, right? To bring it up, the 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 fact that we've had so much bespoke, so much bespoke ops work is part of the. There's not that that. I'm sorry, he just dropped off on. Uh, but he just he just identified one of the big problems here is that so much of companies' ops work is bespoke bespoke to by, by team, custom by team, that they don't have this reusability. Um, it's like, it's like I think to Joanne's point, it was like back in the pre-assembly uh, line, pre-Ford days, every, yeah. you, they would manufacture cars, but every line was a little bit different and there was no standardization. And we're entering a period where we're actually recognizing we can't let companies have multiple app dev flows that don't have standardization behind the scenes. And actually, maybe this is the, the right answer for platform team is not to, you know, app dev to ops. It's actually app dev to using standardized operations behind the scenes more than they're doing. That's well, that think- is probably the motion more than anything else. I like that's important. I think that's a really key insight. I would agree. And I think the thing that's going to bring that to fruition, being a little bit future thinking, is the notion that you're going to have to have a way to lather, rinse and repeat for Web3 or any kind of distributed or federated environments. And we're going down that road much faster than people like to admit. So you want to call it a standardized engineering platform or some other nomenclature. The nomenclature is really not important. It's the idea that you have to be focused on the internal need just as much, or rather the external need, just as much as the internal need. And whether it plays out as a distributed edge-based architecture or it plays out as a distributed internal architecture on many hardware platforms, the rules of the game will be the same. And again, I go back to that's why I think about it in terms of OSI and where you need to put more management layers in. And and that's what I was originally hoping the notion of a platform engineering platform was. But all I saw was developer portals over and over and over again which gives me no foundation. And I said this to a client the other day. Um, It gives you no way to manage how that infrastructure is going to be repeatable across your various factories, even if all things are the same. Yep, Joanne, I think think we both vehemently agree on what should be happening. Today is called platform (laughs) engineering, and it's, it's just not what we would envision it to be, which is this, I love the example of plugging into the OSI model, providing a layer right ab- ab- above that, but that's not, it's all about developer experience, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and developer experience, I, and it, even developer experience, the that term was, was hijacked by marketers. Because when I started talking about developer experience, which in my mind is the experience of the developer, 
when I started talking about it on social media, people specifically were thinking of uh, Kubernetes and the CNCF model of developer experience. And I'm thinking, wow, how... How, how how does that work when I'm thinking about what is the experience of my developers and everyone is thinking about, and I'm thinking about my SAP developers, I'm thinking about my OT developers, I'm thinking about not just my cloud developers, but my developers. And, and well, PE has become that same thing. When people hear platform engineering, they think of products instead of a process. Right. And and I think that that is part of the problem. But, you know, to your point about the developer's experience, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but the words spoiled child come to mind. <laughs> you can't be all things to all people. I, I tend not to disagree with you on that. I, that the, I, I, let, I, let me clean up the marketing on that hyper empowered user. <laughs> Hyper empowered user, I like that. Sophisticated, All right. sophisticated <laughs> client. We're a little over. <laughs> Let us wrap it up on that one. Oh, thank you all. I, I this was helpful. I I've I've moved the needle from my my own my own thinking on this. So thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, next week, I think we're. Uh, let me look at next week. Next week is digital twins. Yay. Mm. Uh, that's a good listening session. Joanne should have some uh, ideas on it. I would. Expect. I have plenty. I've written a couple of <laughs> serious pieces on 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 the issue. I'm now right. doing AI and digital twins together. That's what well, so digital like digital, digital twins and AI. So you'll you'll get you'll get both. Yes. Well, it's, because you know, I mean, it sounds redundant, but it's actually not. Not redundant. I agree with you. Cool. All right, everybody. Okay. Until next time. Later, dude. Bye, all. Thank you. Well, I love how the group pulls apart uh, some of these key topics for platform engineering and gets to the heart of the matter of of what we're really trying to accomplish and why this is important from a business sense. Um, These conversations are so powerful. I hope you choose to join us uh, and be part of the roundtable also. Uh, you can find out more and our agenda of topics at the 2030.cloud, and I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.